Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back into the Lions 24-7 podcast. I am Tyler Donahue. He is Sean Fitz. It's a beautiful Sunday here in Happy Valley. It certainly is spring now and spring camp officially done for the Penn State football program. And uh, wrapping that up in Beaver Stadium, it was a really nice turnout. Announced attendance of 62,000. A bunch of that seemed to be overflowing beyond the stadium where a lot of people opted out of the festi- uh, opted out of the game, but stuck around for the festivities. And it was just great to be part of that atmosphere again this time of year. It was a missed part of, of the calendar for us the last couple of years, Sean. Um, great benefit for recruiting. We'll talk about that. We got a long look at several young players, uh, some standouts to point through. But before we go too far down the rabbit hole with any conversation here, I want to put the disclaimer out. One of 15 spring practices of varied uh, tempos. There was thud. There was live drills. Some guys were involved in some things. Some guys were involved in others. And if they weren't involved, you don't necessarily need to read too much into it. But let's leave it there. Well, Tyler, in, in sports writing, we're taught to put the score in the in the lead so that people know it right away. You, you okay. seem to skip out on the defense winning 17 to 13. How'd that scoring system work out for you, by the way? I just didn't want you to ask me to piece together <laughs> and recap the scoring. Yeah, it was a victory for the defense, 17 to 13. Uh, Mr. Spring Camp, Zaki Wheatley, came up with the big play in the end zone, uh, you know, knocking uh, Omari Evans just enough to have him land outside, outside of the, the uh, inbounds. And, and by the way, Bo Perbula, the guy pulling the trigger on that last ball, would have been something if, if Evans had been able to snare that, come down with the ball, and we were talking about Bo throwing that game-winning pass in, in that game, but it would have been a nice moment. But at, at the end of the day, Zaki Wheatley kind of putting that last feather in his cap for spring ball, and he was a guy that, as we get to some standouts here in a moment, his name continues to pop up for each of us. A thrilling conclusion in the blue-white game. Oh, yes. We'll all, always remember. Um, what to take away from this, uh, you know, th- we say it every year. Please do, do not overreact to anything in the spring game. I mean, there are guys that look good, guys that look bad. There are guys that did a re- had a really great day that you probably won't hear their name on Saturday. I mean, that's that's kind of the, the general feeling of the blue-white game over the years and and not to take any way, anything away from those guys either because it was awesome to see Dom DeLuca, Mason Stahl, those guys get out there and, and, and show their stuff because legitimate football players, I mean, really good football players. And, uh, you know, maybe they'll need those guys. Um, it might be more in a special teams role, but they're going to need those guys 1 to 120 on the roster. So, um that's the key it is 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 not to re- overreact to anything. We got James Franklin afterwards. He seemed pleased with the progress of Penn State, especially um, one thing he kept. I think he kept leaning defense, which is not a surprise after everything that we've heard this spring. Um, you know, with uh, you know with the offensive line, obviously that hinders a, a bunch on the offensive side of the ball. But the defense getting installed, get, getting guys more comfortable, getting Manny more comfortable with how things are working, and I think James just kind of kept sliding that way in terms of uh, feeling feeling a little bit better about his defense but as as you know if you listen to this podcast if you l- read our stuff that's that's not a surprise any uh any uh, it's not a surprise to anyone um he's also seemed pleased with the uh early enrollees um he made a point of that early 
um, to talk about how important that was. I think he was looking up a little bit at the uh, the guys in the, the recruiting lounge above him that were watching the the press the post game press conference, the post practice press conference, um, and they want guys that come in and ready, ready that are ready to contribute. And it seemed like on Saturday we saw a few of those guys that looked uh, looked pretty good. It, and, it, you know, that was something that we haven't felt in a while, kind of the double speak that you experience after a game or a game atmosphere in Beaver Stadium where you have the recruits surrounding us on the next level and you have the media down below. And there are different messages being sent by the head coach. And there should be, um, especially in a scenario like this with so many prospects on campus. And I think, you know, when he keeps going back to, to Diaz, he keeps using the word foundation. And that was what this spring was about, laying the foundation. I think a lot of it was about building a bridge so that once you get to the point that you're on the field, in August, you're no longer building that bridge. You've already crossed the gap and you can get to work with your new defensive coordinator in control. The one thing here to note, and I've done it several times in the spring, they got a lot of personnel coming in. So there, there will be a, a more catching up to do. One scholarship guy since the Outback Bowl, Zane Durant. It's a very good scholarship addition, but there's a lot coming your way in the form of transfer, in the form of, of, of true freshmen. So there will still be a foundation to be laid, but it sounds like James Franklin, even in, in referencing that linebacker room where we talked about uh, you know, a thin group, uh, it sounds like you felt like at the Mike competition came further along than maybe they could have hoped. And, and, and both those guys, Tyler Elsman and Kobe King, um, and it also sounds like whether folks out there like it or not, you're going to have two starting six-year seniors on this Penn State football squad with Jonathan Sutherland uh, manning that linebacker role at the same position now. So, you know, you come out of this and the, the I think James Franklin got answers. He, he mentioned some questions as well, and we'll talk about those in a second. But I think defensively, it, it sounds like you've got a pretty good leadership component in place. I think you want to see more of that maybe out of the linebacker room. But between what they've got with P.J. Mustafer, Adiza Isaac kind of being more of that silent, stabilizing presence, and then Jair Brown is really taking control of this locker room, it feels like, in a lot of ways. You pair that with these guys feeding off of the aggressive nature of Manny Diaz. And you know, you're coming out of the other the other end of spring camp feeling pretty good considering you say goodbye to a long-time uh, fixture of this staff in Brent Pry. Yeah, it's like watching your kid go to college and then replacing him with like a, a right. foreign exchange student or something. It, <laughs> it, that that person can become a part of your family, but that takes a lot for them to mm. to 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 make that replacement, especially just in one off season. But they seem to be making progress. Did a nice job uh, swarming to the ball. Uh, James was put on the spot afterward, asked to name spring standouts, and I get where he's coming from. He doesn't like to do it because you know that that whole transfer portal thing. Those guys have to be in by May first if they want to play somewhere else next year. So. You know, you slip Delicate. up, you don't mention somebody, and all of a sudden somebody's hurt, feelings are hurt, and and that's a problem. But uh, he did single out some guys. No real surprises on this end. Uh, Jair Brown is the guy he started with. That's uh, I think Terry called him the Terry Smith called him the best player on the team uh, last week, which is pretty high praise. Certainly, Kalen King I thought had a good day on on Saturday. He was one of my standouts. Uh, John Sutherland. He keeps pointing to John Sutherland and saying that move is the right move, and. I have no doubt that I think he's better off there at linebacker than, than safety. I think that's one that Penn State fans and people like you and I are going to sit back and say, well, we will believe it when we see. We've seen a lot of John Sutherland, and uh, you know it hasn't always been the, the, the greatest. So we'll see what happens there. And Adisa Isaac didn't see a ton of him. Uh, James talked about last week uh, how guys were cleared for thud drills but not full contact. Adisa, clearly one of those guys. Sal Wormley on the other side, one of those guys. We didn't. Uh, so we didn't see a ton of Adisa, especially in full live action. But as I said the other day, I didn't want to see that. I don't want to see him risk that uh, risk re-injuring that torn Achilles. Um, so we'll uh, we'll get a better look at him in the fall. By the way, you mentioned Tyler Elston. No Tyler Elston um, on 
uh, Saturday. He was uh, obviously banged up, did not play, did not. He had his jersey on, he has uh, pads on and everything like that, but he was not not going to uh, contribute on Saturday. But uh, those are your defensive standouts from the spring. I uh, flipped it over and turned it to the offensive side of the ball, went right back to those three offensive linemen that we've talked about, Caden Wallace, Juice Scruggs, and Olu Fashanu, um, and said there's going to be flat-out competition at offensive guard. I think that uh, we all expected Landon Tengwall to come in and, and grab a stranglehold on that position. He missed some time this uh, this spring with an injury, so that's probably to his detriment. Uh, Sal Wormley could not go live, as as we saw on Saturday, so that's probably going to open it up for Hunter Norzad to to compete with those guys. And hey, you want you want competition all through there. And and Nick Dawkins, by the way, uh, James Franklin didn't mention him, but he ran with the first team at right guard. It looked solid in there. I haven't gone back and looked at the tape, and I'm not going to pretend to evaluate the offensive line from a press box seat. Uh, but uh, for for him being in there, it's, I think it's a good sign. We've seen him as a second team center, but to see him as a first team guard, good for him. That's an opportunity for him to get out there. Uh, Mitchell Tinsley uh, at wide receiver caught a touchdown pass on Saturday. James Franklin pointed to him. Interesting thing here from Franklin as I continue to ramble. I'm sorry, Tyler. I'm I'm stepping all over you. But he lumped safety, defensive tackle, and wide receiver together as spots where you may have standouts, but you have depth to back the back up those standouts. Thinks he has a two deep at wide receiver. Thinks he has a two deep um, at safety, which I, I was impressed by the safeties on Saturday. And then thinks that defensive tackle, with or without PJ Mustafer, who didn't play, wasn't dressed, wasn't expected to dress anything like that. You still have a bunch of guys in there. I think that's something we've hammered home this spring. So feels like there's a couple of spots where depth is bubbling up and, and cultivating itself. I think he did a good job. Just and and feel free, step away. You you laid you laid out exactly what Franklin laid out for us. And Coffee. just to kind of take take away from the depth perspective, and he sometimes he will do this, and and sometimes I don't know if he necessarily wants to do it, but he'll say, "Since I've been here, since we've been here," and, and say essentially, hey, "This is the strongest it's been in a nine year span now." And he seemed to suggest that defensive tackle and safety as you work your way down, and 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 who who's game ready and who can play at a high level in, in the Big Ten competition. Those two positions seem to be in a very healthy spot in comparison to where his program has been for much of this time. And then at wide receiver, he also applied a little bit of a, a tag to that as well and said felt like they could have a full two deep and they haven't necessarily had that uh, confidently in some time. So, I mean, look, it's a testament to a few things. I think you look at John Scott, Taylor Stubblefield were, were coaching hires, uh, you know, a couple of years ago in rooms that needed some help. Uh, and, and, and they've done a great job in that regard. And then I think at safety, of course, Anthony Poindexter and, and being able to retain him, bringing over Zakee Wheatley, who we'll talk about more. Those were Franklin's standouts, Sean. And when we'll list a few more guys that popped out to us, that was a comprehensive kind of spring standout from him. We'll talk a little bit more about Saturday, but he did talk about quarterbacks and, and, we have a lot of avenues to go in that room. And I wrote something up on Saturday night, uh, but it's no surprise to hear that this was Sean's best spring. You wouldn't want to hear anything else but that because we talked so much about having the, the continuity with an offensive coordinator. Uh, and Sean was asked, hey, last year you said you were the most confident quarterback in college football. What's the comp- what's different about the confidence now? And he said right away, it's that second year in, in the second year in the, in the offense confidence. And he says he so wait, he's more confident than he was as he's the most more confident. confident. Oh, 
Oh, he's wow. more confident. Um, and and I and I knowing Sean, I think there's probably ceiling for him to get even more confident and 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 further on as he goes. So hey, you want a confident Sean Clifford for as long as you can because that means his team is rolling in the right direction. And and I think with Clifford though, uh, he talked about being able to make checks pre-snap, being able to essentially have the freedom to to work as an extension of this coaching staff, and that's not something that really been outright publicly stated i think in that manner we've kind of had uh hinted to us over the last month even last year that sean has played a lot of football he's going to be given some room to to navigate the offense but this was sean clifford strip saying that coach franklin coach yersich in his words uh have given him the freedom uh to really you know dictate what they want to do pre-snap and you talk about the guy's gonna be 24 years old in july and then you talk about those two young quarterbacks who played in front of the largest crowd ever in their career sean clifford he's looking around thinking this is a nice little event these guys are probably looking around thinking whoa this is this is a pretty big deal and so we'll talk about the quarterback room at large but you got to start with number 14 for just a moment here mr fitz yeah i covered all those other positions and just kind of left you hanging with the quarterback so <laughs> thanks for covering that one uh, james james franklin did uh break down the quarterback reps as he promised nice he would, but yeah attempts um uh, attempts in spring ball and no surprise that Clifford was uh was number one but uh it was closer than I thought in terms of how much those guys would see um you know you you took the I guess you took the foot off the gas with Clifford um he had 201 attempts this spring uh Veyu had 183 Drew Aller had 134 and Bo Perbula had 132 so pretty much in line with what you would expect on um, those freshmen getting close to even reps and, and they getting a little bit more because he's the second team guy. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it seems like a productive spring for that entire room. Um, uh, Saturday, certainly up and down. Right? That's what you always have in a spring game when you get those guys. And I think Franklin maybe went and said it two or three times when you get those freshmen in front of a crowd like that, it's something I think drew came out and he looked uh, a little tentative, um, you know, a little, uh, a, a little bit uh, just kind of, I don't know. He was kind of sitting back and his feet got a little bit lazy and, and, and his throws kind of showed that, but I think he settled in and threw some really nice balls um, towards the second half of the scrimmage. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's a productive spring. I mean, that, that, that's the thing that you kept going back to. It's, it's one out of 15 practices and that's uh, there's value to be taken from playing in front of that many people, but it is one out of 15 practices. So excited to see that room continue to grow again, said it. I think it's miles better than it was uh, last year at this time and miles more ready to step into a situation that it found itself in last October. So excited yeah. by those guys, excited to see those guys. And uh, you know, you, I don't think you can, I don't think you want to project careers based off of what we saw on Saturday. So we will see what happens with that room. By the way, the last guy I mentioned, big Gabe Nuosu. Uh, the punter, the six foot six, three hundred pound punter, had a really nice day on Saturday. Uh, we'll see where he factors in, but James did sneak in a little special teams uh, nugget there for you at the end. We'll be right back on the Lions twenty four seven podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Franklin actually even mentioned he didn't necessarily deliver like that over the course of the spring camp. And he said, some guys, you get them in front of the crowd, all of a sudden you, you peel back the curtain and maybe there's a little extra juice. And, you know, some guys fade from that spotlight. Um, so good for Gabe. That's, that's a competition that will continue to go. And Franklin actually looked ahead a little bit at Alex Paqueta coming in and, and said, Blake Gillikin has bestowed a lot of praise on the young player, of course, coming out of the same program down there uh, in the Atlanta area. Uh, Sean, looking uh, looking a little bit further down uh, your list and, and kind of something that we, we put together uh, yesterday, we were kind of thinking, who, who looked good? The quarterback on this list, Christian Veyu. And to me, one of the things about this quarterback room that stands out is I feel like leaving spring, he's got more of a grip on that number two job than I thought he might. Um, I think he has answered the bell in a lot of ways for them. I feel like if Sean Clifford wasn't around, he, he you know, who knows what would happen with the transfer portal, but I feel like he is approaching things as though he's a starting quarterback. And you know how important that is at that job. And it just feels like demeanor wise, demeanor was lacking in the quarterback room uh, beyond Sean Clifford last year for much of the year. You had Mike Yersich, who's a big personality. Sean's a big personality, but Christian was finding his way after having no high school season. We didn't see that from Taquan Roberson. Now you've got these two freshmen who are chomping at the bit, but to me, the storyline here. For this year, maybe for next year, is the fact that Christian Veyu continues to come along. And I already thought he came out of 2021 further along schedule, considering how his high school career ended. We're also pretty sure it was Christian Veyu because there's three number nines. Uh, two of them are quarterbacks, and that was <laughs> completely unnecessary. Um, and then on the postgame stats, uh, Joey Porter was, I think, one of seven or something like that. He got credited for some throws. Porter had a rough day as a passer. Porter had yeah. a rough day as a quarterback. It's uh, You hate to see it. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, I thought Christian, uh, when he was out there, looked poised, uh, looked smooth. I mean, that, that's the thing that I keep going back to. Is he the most dynamic player, no dynamic athlete out there? No, not necessarily. But he's very smooth. Um, he, he made some good throws. Uh, when he gets on the run, he can throw the ball on the run, too. So um, excited to see his progress. And I agree with you. I think he's got a stranglehold on that number two position. Um, and I think that that's the direction that you're going to see in August when that happens. So um, good to see that from the quarterbacks. Again, you can you can nitpick a lot, especially with those young quarterbacks being in the big crowd. Um Freshman in, in general had a kind of a rough day yesterday. Um, Omari Evans had a couple of drops. Jerry Cross dropped what would have been a touchdown pass. You you know you had a couple of those things, but that's what happens when you get into a situation like that. You would rather find out uh, in the blue white game than in, in a you know in a whiteout game in September or something like that. So you've got that you've got that going for you. But one of the freshmen I, I did like, Katron Allen. As you know, mm -hmm. we expected Nick Singleton to um, you know be a, a main presence here and showcase him in his first game in Beaver Stadium or whatever. But it was Katron Allen actually got more carries and was was more uh, involved and and looked pretty good. Looked uh, he's got good feet in terms of being a big guy. I mean he's two twenty five solid I think, um, but he's got uh, I don't want to call him dancing feet, but he's got feet that stay under him the entire time and he's moving forward. So excited to see his progress. Um, excited to see him out there because I'm sure he's got a chip on his shoulder. He's hearing all the things about Singleton 
Edmonton as well. We kind of talk about him and Prabula in the same light. We, we, we shine the stars or shine the light on these five stars. And then these other guys that come in pretty damn good in themselves. So we saw that from Katron Allen. And then we saw some Devin Ford splashes. I mean, it, I, not something I expected going into the game, but they got into that two minute drill. He had a couple bursts up the middle, looked legitimately quick, legitimately fast. I'm curious to see if he's involved in the fall at running back, but also as a kick returner, we've seen him in, uh, back there at times. So Devin Ford, while the expectations were low, you got to tip your hat and say, that's a, that's a really good Saturday for him. Yeah. A couple of times you said 28, 20, that's, that's the best 28 has looked. I, I'd say at least since going back to that Rutgers game in 2020, um, and and good for Devin. I mean, this is a guy that I think a lot of people forecasted as maybe not being with the program uh, this spring, and he stuck with it. Uh, this is year four for a guy who was a top 100 prospect, um, and we'll see what we'll see where it goes from here. But he's shown his value, I think, uh, to them as a special teams returner. Seems like he's in a good spot there. Um, and then Jaywan Sider uh, is going to leave the door open for everybody. It seems in this group. And and I want to make one note here at running back before we move on. Um, Kaziah Holmes not part of it. We had some people wondering what was going on there. We did spot him at practice after practice on on Wednesday night. Um, we did not see him involved in the practice action on Wednesday. But just in case people, I know people are eyeing the portal yeah. right now. It's the end of the spring camp. We did have eyes on 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 uh, Kaziah Holmes, third year running back out of Florida on campus this week. So just wanted to note that as well. Who knows what happens in the next couple of weeks? But that running back room will sort itself out. The freshmen are, are, are really pushing the gas pedal. Singleton popped a little bit as a receiver at one point on Saturday. But you're right. As a runner, it was Catron Allen. Uh, and he's a guy that, that Brian Doan suggested was very well suited for those wintry mess games in November in the Big Ten. And I think you saw a little bit of a peek at that on Saturday with his style. Ah, we love our cliches. It's so great. Ah, yeah. Um, at receiver, speaking of which, things that we love when um, those little offseason snippets of, uh, of guys dunking or doing ridiculous athletic things come out on the field. And Trey Wallace did that on Saturday with a ridiculous catch in the corner of the end zone. Ridiculous might be a little bit of a stretch considering what we've watched with John Dotson the last couple of years. Right. But a, uh, a Dotson-esque catch by Trey Wallace in the corner of the end zone, showcasing that athletic ability, showcasing that leaping ability and that dynamic ability. And as James Franklin talked about having a two deep at receiver, I think Wallace figures into that as well. Um, you, you, you know, you move past the, the, the guys that we expect to be starters and Parker Washington, who we didn't see on Saturday. We didn't expect to see on Saturday, Keandre Lambert Smith and Mitchell Tinsley, Malik mega and, uh, and, and Trey Wallace are those guys that are working their way into that. And, and you know, that's a, that'd be a good sign to see him out there a little bit more. Mitchell Tinsley, um, as I mentioned, had that touchdown showed a little bit of wiggle. Um, I think they, they wanted to throw some stuff at him this week and to, to find out a little bit more about what he was about and, and see how he could fit. I think athletically he fit on the field he did a really nice job on that touchdown uh finding the end zone it was it was really good and then of course uh we got to throw it on our walk-on mention i already mentioned his name mason stall uh really nice catch at the uh the outset his speed is is legitimate so i'd say it's really cool to see yeah that was a nice grab uh toss from Vayu too and and We'll see with Stahl. You know, he, he was pretty darn close to, to being in a quarterback against Rutgers last year in that flu week, as we discussed, now playing receiver. And Sean, over at, at receiver, I, th I think we were kind of looking you know, who was going to show up a little bit in, in some competitive work against the defensive backs. That's not really something we saw much of at all this spring. I thought Tinsley fared well. And, and you know, Sean Clifford kind of doubled down on, on the dynamic uh, adjectives he was applying to Mitchell Tinsley earlier in spring camp. 
And it took 15 practices to get there, but he brought up the Jahan Dotson comparison on Saturday afternoon. So coming from Sean Clifford, um, that's going to carry some weight. But let's not go down that road. Mitch Tinsley did a lot last year for Western Kentucky. We've said for all along, it, it, you, you apply that, you see what it looks like when he leaps to the Big Ten. So far, sharing the field with Penn State players, it sounds like a lot of people are excited about this kid. Malik Mega, uh, on the other hand, we, we did not see him uh, you know, flash. They took some opportunities to seem to really try to get the ball to him. Um, there was a deep shot, I believe, that, that was beyond his grasp. And, and so sometimes he'd love to, to play fetch with Malik Mega and just chuck it up. Um, but, but we didn't see that kind of moment from him on the field. Um, and across the board, Caden Saunders uh, kind of seemed like a limited uh, work in terms of the rep count for him. Um, got a little bit of action from him and, and, and Evans, but and Liam Clifford as well. Uh, that's about as much as we've seen him and, and Jaden Dott. And so we'll see. I, I think if anybody popped, it was certainly the two guys we just pointed to, uh, the, the, the second-year player in Wallace and then the senior transfer in Tinsley. So uh, who are, who are going to be those six that play a bunch of, is it someone else that comes in this year? I think that's probably going to be a tough sell uh, for any of these true freshmen that, that show up here in August. Yeah, we will see. By the way, the deep ball was not there on Saturday, so uh, it's tough no. to tough to determine a deep threat or anything like that. Um, on the other side of the ball, um, maybe a reason for that. The the secondary, I thought the secondary was good. I mentioned Kalen King a little bit earlier. Uh, Zaki Wheatley, that kid likes to hit. We, we talk all the time about uh, ball skills, and this kid can find the football. He's got the range, et cetera. He was popping some guys on Saturday. That was fun to see. I mean, he was even in thud. I, there was one where we were both seemed to be watching the same thing as Katron Allen um, broke into the secondary. And, you know, I think it was just a touchdown or something like that. But Wheatley put a shoulder into his chest. So that's uh, it's fun to see from a safety, especially a safety with that uh, that kind of size back there. So he's been getting buzz all spring. I'm really excited to see where that fits, where that safety room fits in, because I think there's a lot of talent back there. And those guys, uh, starting with with Tig Brown, those guys have a really, really good opportunity to pick up where Brisker left off and, and sort of keep going. So, um, excuse me, excited to see those guys. Uh, Kobe King, I mentioned Kalen King. Kobe King's right there as well. Um, he was involved in the play, got a lot of reps on Saturday. Of course, no Tyler Elston. He seemed to be around the ball. He seems like there's still room um, for improvement. There's a lot to learn, and that's not to be surprising at all. But uh, Kobe King was a guy that, you know, really just kept uh, checking that roster to see where number 41 or see who number 41 was because he kept popping up around the ball. It was assertive as well. It wasn't just making the plays. Do you want to see that from the middle linebacker? I thought it just looked from the press box um, that that he was uh, communicating well. You know, these are all the things that you're trying to, to, to work your way through with Manny Diaz and, and these new linebacker leaders across the defense. And I would lo we'll lo have loved to have gotten a longer look at Tyler Elston, but like James Franklin said, they feel like that middle linebacker competition and the health of it in terms of where those guys are at is maybe further along than they had anticipated exiting April. So you love to hear that. Um, and we'll see if that carries through into August. Manny Diaz has already said that's the competition they're going to push through as long as they possibly can. And he was also careful to say, we'll see if Abdul Carter can, can factor in in some kind of way. But good luck to the young freshman. He's got some catching up to do when he gets to campus. Yeah. Um, Sean, one name, though, I wanted to go back to because he's been one of those names all all, all spring. Zaki Wheatley, he put a shoulder into Liam Clifford's chest plate after a couple of his teammates uh, on the defensive side kind of tapped Liam 
And he was like, not going for the tap. And and so I just thought with Zaki, like you said, everything we hear is this guy's plucking the ball out of, out of thin air during practice or he's, he's a vacuum for the ball. And you go out there and every single time there was – felt like there was an extra pop and thud. It seemed to be Zaki Wheatley. And I don't know if he was on a mission to maybe make some extra noise out there. And I don't know what kind of feedback he got from some of those offensive teammates and some of his coaches about – that kind of intensity, but he brought it. And and I loved absolutely every part of it because uh, th that was one thing that because of the structure, because of what Penn State had to do, there was a little bit of a, a, a you could get a bit of a lull going watching some of this action because of the tap tempo. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's getting tough to hold back the Zane Durant talk um, <sighs> because he looked good once again. I mean, you, you just keep, keep hearing the good things and then you see it in your eyes and you're like, okay, I don't know how he fits as an undersized defensive defensive tackle. And, you know, there were times where he was lining up beside Hakeem Beeman. That's not a ton of beef in there. That's a pass rushing defense right there. Um, but he was making plays. He was active. He was around there. Um, he's got a lot. There's a lot to like about the young freshman there. So I'm excited to see how his uh, how the start, how his career starts, to be honest with you, because it looks like he's going to be a part of that defensive line rotation. Um, and it seems like you know, they probably have a three deep there at defensive tackle, which is, is, it's amazing. You know, you think about the last couple of years and all the talk we've done about the scholarships, but it's uh, fantastic to see that all come together. John Scott's doing a heck of a job. And of course, going to close my standouts, Dom DeLuca, uh, the defensive MVP of the game. Yeah, this kid, if you read up on Dom DeLuca in high school, or if you're in Northeast PA, you know, these guys love the Northeast PA guys. Um, heck of a football player, uh, quarterback, uh, safety, linebacker, whatever you wanted towards ACL in, in high school, unfortunately. But Penn State got a player there. Um, not sure how he factors in the long term. We saw Charlie Catcher in a sling yesterday, so that probably pushes him into the two deep there. But uh, made a couple plays on the ball um, that were phenomenal and uh, deserves to be on the field um, in some capacity next fall, I think. Sean, that, that was something that you were excited about. I mean, you you loved the DeLuca buzz yesterday, and, and it was warranted. It was good for him. It's nice to see that. That's what the spring game's about, worth, too. Worth I mean, noting, we mentioned it in the last show this week. It was DeLuca yeah, and Stahl and, I think, uh, Costantini, who I don't think played. But, uh, yeah, the, we, we, for, for a walk-on hit rate, that was pretty damn good. Damn good. Um, and, and I will say, the first time, and I noted this to you in the press box, first time I saw mm -hmm. Zane Durant, and on a Beaver Stadium field, he body slammed J.B. Nelson during their early individual work. And, and I said, well, that's quite the opening statement. And the rest of the day, he was he ended up with a helmet in his hands when Kevon Lee got his helmet knocked off. And he just he just was bringing the energy. And, and you think maybe these freshmen might show up and, and just try to be laser focused on the task at hand and try to block out everything else. Zane Durant was feeding off of kind of the environment that's a good indicator, and there's been a lot of good indicators for number 28 so, thus far this spring. Yeah, great to see a defensive tackle wear 28. By the way, you know it's, it was it was awesome to see uh, OA wear it at defensive end. But you move it one, you move it to the interior. That's pretty cool. Uh, special teams very quickly. Uh, Pinnaker, Jake Pinnaker wasn't bad. Sanders Sahadak showed you a special leg. You know he, he made some some big kicks, uh, some long kicks, and things like that. Uh, like I said, that's kind of what we've seen all spring. So curious to see how that competition rages on through the off season. Uh, James Franklin said they got some answers this spring, still plenty of questions. Punter is among those questions. Of course, Alex Baquetta is coming in, um, is going to shake that, that race up, but, uh, that's certainly, it's funny because you ask him what kind of questions are, and I'm sure fans would put punter about 40 down the list, but that's the first place that, that James. Until Franklin week went. one when they can't punt and then everyone's going to freak out about it. So, you know, that, that's one of those things you start putting the ball out of bounds in, 
and giving up field position against Purdue week one, punter's going to be top of everybody's list. We've seen that before. <laughs> Unfortunately, we've seen that before. Uh, offensive linemen, can they take a step? Can they back it up if they do take a step, which I thought was an interesting comment from him. They obviously lost some horsepower at linebacker, which we've covered just way too much this spring. Um, and then how will the defensive coordinator mesh, uh, the new defensive coordinator mesh with the entire defensive unit? I think those are things that we will be talking about in the offseason because it's, uh, you know, uh, some of those are very clear. Some of those are very uh, uh, abstract. So, you know, that's, that's a lot to think about between here and August. Uh, switching to recruiting very quickly as we close out here. Um, a, a busy day, beautiful day. Uh, it started off not great, but it was a beautiful day. Um, no commits, which was kind of the expectation, unless you com unless you count Jamil Lyons, who committed on Friday. We'll probably get into that earlier in the next week because that's uh, you know deserves more of our time than this. Um, but a lot of linebackers there. Uh, Tamir Robinson, pleasant surprise to see him on the visitor list. We were kind of waiting for that confirmation all week. Tony Rojas continues to be a high priority. He's going to re release a top four on Sunday. Penn State will be in that top four. You know, always good to get him back on campus. You want to get him back on campus as much as possible. And, you know, he visited Miami, Georgia, South Carolina, Tennessee, just all these places, um, you know, and, you know, great, great opportunities for him. But you want to keep getting him back to, to school because he's a top, top target for Penn State. Uh, the, the Harris twins, there was like three sets of twins there as recruits on Saturday, which was really interesting. Uh, Andrew and Michael Harris, the, the, they can run really well from, from Florida. Chris Jones, 2024 linebacker, I think is, is a name that Penn State fans will grow to become familiar with. Cam Lindsay in 2024, Anthony Specka in 2024, those, uh, those guys from Western Pennsylvania. A lot of linebackers. We talk so much about the, the lack of linebacker depth. A lot of linebackers visiting on Saturday, which Penn State fans always like to say. One really cool thing from our angle as we cover this, uh, no surprise, no shows, which is, you know, you always take that risk. You put that big list out before the game and everybody gets all excited. And then, you know, the top guy doesn't show up or one of these guys doesn't show up, which is I can't understand. I can't comprehend uh, or translate to you how amazing that is that our list showed up. <laughs> and it was pretty cool. So um, not that we don't have confidence in our list, but we're dealing with 17 year old, 16, 17 year old kids here. Uh, in 2024, Peter Jones is back, uh, the offensive lineman from Malvern Prep. Big target for the staff as they continue to try to put together and, and basically pull a 180 on this offensive line. Uh, they've already got Cooper Cousins in there. As we said before, it'd be really nice to book in this class, even though these guys might be interior guys in the long run, book in this 2024 class with a couple of Pennsylvania guys, although Notre Dame is certainly there lurking for Peter Jones. Uh, a couple of big additions late in the week, uh, Jared and Jacob Smith, top 100 defensive linemen uh, from Connecticut-ish. They're actually from Kentucky. They board in Connecticut at Loomis Chaffee. Um, so getting those guys on campus, uh, opening their eyes to uh, something beyond Kentucky, because I know the fans, or excuse me, the family are big Kentucky fans. So um, a really, really good list of visitors on Saturday um, as that game um, continued to play and the weather got nicer, the atmosphere was great, all that kind of stuff. I think they're going to be pulling more great feedback from it from for, for a long time. And check it out. Brian Doan did a recap on, on Lions 24-7. There's a lot. There's a lot going on right now. People were they were excited to see Micah. They were very excited to see Micah. Oh yes. those recruits, as you can imagine, a good ambassador for the program back in town. There were a bunch of them: Pat Fryermuth, Jason Away, Odafe Away, just to name a few of them. Um, Sean, I, I know you're talking very fast. That must mean you've got a kid to get to a practice on a Sunday morning. Um, but uh, I just wanted to quickly note here: Hunter Norzad was among those introduced uh, to the crowd. Of course, remember he's coming in May, adding May that 15th, offensive yes. line room. Um, and, and then we're, we're, we're Damian Robinson, not introduced. 
introduced to the Beaver Stadium crowd, but on campus for an unofficial visit, as it turned out, planning to get back to campus. Uh, you said for an official visit later in the process. That's your understanding there. Yeah, he was uh, he was supposed to come for an official this weekend. A uh, family member got uh, sick, so they had to shuffle plans. He was still on campus yesterday. He'll come back yep. for an extra official visit. Certainly doesn't hurt. Yeah, there's a nice image for Penn State fans. Deny Dennis Sutton, Damian Robinson standing alongside each other on the field at Beaver Stadium, chuckling. They're going to be potentially a big part of this defense moving forward in 2022. we got a lot to look forward to. We'll start doing some of that in the upcoming week after looking back at the spring blue-white game. Thanks for following along here on the Lions 24-7 podcast. For our producer, Lance Glenn, for Sean Fitz, I'm Tyler Donahue. We'll talk to you real soon.